Welcome to the Mormon Marriages Podcast. I am Angela Bagley. And I'm Nate Bagley. As Mormons, we believe that the most important thing in life is family. And the backbone of your family is your marriage. So on this podcast, we're going to talk with Mormon couples and relationship experts who provide amazing insights into what it takes to create a marriage that will make you look forward to eternity. We would love it if you subscribe to the show and reach out to us if you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas that can help us make it even better. Hello, sweet wife. Hello, husband. Welcome to the podcast. I'm good to be here. Do you know what I'm excited about? What are you excited about? I am excited to introduce our wonderful listeners to a couple that means a lot to us, Josh and Casey Brothers. Yes. They're wonderful they do. people. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. Yeah, they're just great. Right. We have loved being friends with them for... A little over a year. Oh, over a year now, but it seems like much longer. Um, they are very, very dear to us. Much longer in a good way, not a bad way. Right. <laughs> exactly. And um, they have a project together that's called Conscious Living. And it deals with being intentional in your life over the things that you have stewardship over. And something that we talk a lot about in the podcast is how in a celestial marriage doesn't just happen by accident. It's not something you get the stamp of just because you were sealed in the temple. It is created. Yeah, it's a myth, I think, that we oftentimes convince ourselves to believe is that, oh, if I just marry the right person in the right place at the right time, I'm going to have a celestial marriage Mm -hmm. and that that's all that there is to it. But like, that's just step one Mm -hmm. out of an eternity of steps. And, um, I think sometimes we just, we forget and we think that that one act of being sealed in the temple is equates to a temple marriage, but it's so, so much more than that. Like having a truly celestial marriage requires little pieces of work and intentional, like living intentionally and having a specific mindset every single day. Right. And Josh and Casey are going to talk to us a little bit about that for this episode. So I hope you enjoy and we'll meet up with you at the end. Hi, brothers. Hi. Hi, you guys. Oh <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited you're here. We're glad to be here, too. I literally have no idea what to do right now. <laughs> That's okay, Nate. We're glad to be here. How are you doing, Bagley? Okay, We're thanks, doing Josh. great. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> We're so glad to be here. We're excited to talk to you guys today about some of the awesome stuff that you're doing. Um, to start out, usually we ask how you guys met and how you became married, if you'd like to start with that. Well, by golly, we swiped right. <laughs> Sometimes I like to forget that. (laughs) It's not real to me until I say it out loud, really, that we met on Tinder. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot. Well, I'm embarrassed for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, we never really tell your backstory, but I had Tinder on and off my phone several times. I'd deleted the app. I deleted the profile, right? And my friend Sue said, shoot. Just puts her fist down one night in the summer and says, We're, we hang out with the same people all the time, and none of us are romantically interested in each other. We need to expand our social circles. And she almost literally handed out assignments saying, Casey, you have to get back on Tinder. Jane, you're doing meetup.com or whatever, with the intent of not searching just for ourselves but for the friend group. It was a matter of days that Josh and I then matched 
and she received the message, hey, nice biker shorts, flex flex punch. Because <laughs> I had a picture of myself in my cycling kit. That was the first message I sent, and that is where love began. <laughs> Sprouted. Nice biker shorts. And I said, it accentuates my best features. To which I responded, yeah, it really brings out that dot 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 smile <laughs> and thus our relationship was founded on the cornerstone of humor <laughs> and physical attraction <laughs> you were let's attracted face it, that's to me what tinder is she was attracted to the beard oh seriously mm, though but what was interesting about it i mean you really think about how absence makes the heart grow fonder and i think that in our tech-saturated world we're just always in contact with each other you can text them. You can send them an email. You can poke them on Facebook. I, do people still poke on Facebook? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that don't know I've ever been poked. Does that date me a little bit? But, you know, you get in contact with them on Tinder. And all, there's all these messaging apps. And though, so even though you are a world away, you can give them a phone call. I can't believe that's the last one that we actually listed. Um, write them a letter. Where in back maybe even 15 years ago, you had to count how many characters you had in your texts and if you even had any left before you could <laughs> give someone that message or that call. And right after we met, we'd gone on a date that went extraordinarily well. This so isn't right after we met. This is we met. True. <laughs> but right then, after we'd matched. But then Casey had to leave the country because she was going on a trip back to Scandinavia where she served a mission in Finland. So she was going back to visit some of those places that she loved Casey, a lot. Casey, will you speak some Finnish for us? Moi, hyvä Good job. <laughs> I can't do it on demand. That's great. Usually I do DNC4 when I do it on demand. <laughs> That's great. It sounded awesome. Thanks. So we had gone on a date, and then we had gotten together a few other times. So she actually came to my classroom just before she left to watch me teach just a little bit. Well, I didn't come to watch you teach. No, oh, you came I to had, have lunch. I came to have lunch, and I thought he was going to be done and we just like have lunch but josh is a high school english, english teacher at this time he was a fourth grade fourth teacher. grade teacher <laughs> <laughs> and so i came i'm like well, he's still teaching like did i come too early like i thought i came when he told me to and so i didn't know what to do and i felt a little awkward it's like yeah just down there in the back and i got to watch him teach and i teared up like i met this guy once so it was on a Sunday where we'd had our afternoon date, and then he wanted to come over again that evening, um, where we both made it obvious that we wanted to kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. <laughs> we did. And then a couple days later, when I came to his classroom, here I am. I count it as the second time of actually like seeing him. I'm like already tearing up. I'm like, holy cow, this guy is really, really cool. I like what, it. What impressed you about him? His command of the room, his confidence, his love for the kids, his ability to make them laugh, like everything about it. It was it was a sight to see. That's awesome. And then she left. <laughs> she went away. And we ended up just messaging. For two weeks. For two weeks. But it was interesting because we couldn't always be in contact with each other because of where she was traveling and how she was traveling, things of that sort. And we really... 
looked forward to those moments to send messages to each other. But the fact that it was almost always going to be divided by a period of time almost turned it into a letter writing session where mm-hmm. we would write these messages back and forth to each other. They had a little bit of time to compose them and know because of the time difference, you know, and, and where she was traveling, that there was going to be that separation. And it really helped me look forward to the fact that she was coming back. And that anticipation, I think, was key in helping move things forward because we'd both dated a lot. We'd both dated a lot. And being on the other side of that also helped us understand a little bit more what works and what doesn't so that when the right thing came along, we recognized it Definitely. really fast. Yeah. How long was it from when you started and when you had met each other to when you got engaged? So we met, what was it, May 22nd? And he proposed July 17th. Okay. Pretty so fast. a couple months. And I mean, yeah. I was gone two of those weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the, the funny part of this, and I kind of always remind Josh about this, is that he only first, the first time I met his family, um was I think the 4th of July so literally they knew of my existence for two weeks and then he was showing them the ring he'd purchased for me <laughs> <laughs> like not it like I, I don't even think he said and correct me if I'm wrong hey mom dad this girl that you met I think I'm gonna marry her and I was like hey mom dad check out the bling I got <laughs> I just sold my motorcycle and I'm gonna marry her <laughs> It's my life. <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> and they, as as they say, if you like it, put, put a, a ring, ring on, on it. it. You need to put that ring yeah. on it. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> well, and, and I was confident that Casey would really be a good companion and that she would work together well with my family. And she's been a huge blessing to my mother to my father to my siblings as much as she has been one for me and it was so good to see with how much energy and gusto she went into fostering and creating those familial relationships as well because that's doesn't always happen Mm -hmm. and i'm really glad that for us with that energy, that positivity, that gratitude, that it's been able to work out positively in that direction. Because melding a family is just as important as melding two lives. I mean, Casey and I met when we were a little bit older, and we had independent... In, in Mormon terms. In Mormon terms, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in a sense that we had two pretty established lives with established routines, with established hobbies, with established... Opinions. Opinions, yeah. Even on faith, on non-faith things like all of the things and it's interesting because i mean we've got some friends that met when they were in high school and married when they were in their early 20s and they've had that they like ent- develop their opinions together together and yeah. their hobbies too yeah and so melding those two lives and melding into that family life as well that can be i mean i think of anybody who might be listening to this how much might they struggle with feelings of, am I really accepted here? Are we really joining these 
two lives together. Um, how is it, come? Is it real acceptance or is it mutual toleration? Yeah, right. And and that's disheartening, isn't it? Well, and to the extent, as you say that, I think like the moment we think that, how much of it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, right? That if mm-hmm. if you're having those doubts, those doubts will be manifest in reality. Whereas, I I think I had a few. I don't know if I had doubts or concerns, but I know like his parents were like, holy cow, our son is marrying someone and we've only known her for two weeks. Um, and his mom, bless her heart, had was going through a really hard time. Her parents were in very poor health. Um, and we were married in November. Her mom passed away the January after. And so she had all of that going on as well. And she would always say to me, Casey, I'm sorry, like, this is not who I am. I'm usually happier than this. And I'd always tell her, like, don't don't worry about it, Carly. Um, and I think a lot of it, too, like, the fact that I had had this expectation that they were going to be my friends helped overcome that. Mm. That it could have it could have very easily gone the other way. Mm-hmm. So talk to, talk to me... Do you want to say something? Go for it. I'm making a, like a concerted effort not to talk over you in this episode. That's great. Thank you. They're sharing a mic. We are sharing a mic. <laughs> Every time really I have close. to say something, I have to lean over into my wife's lap. Mm-hmm. I love um, so I want to know, before we dive into the Conscious Living Project that you guys are doing, I really want to talk about that. But before we get there, I want to know early on in your marriage, like since you did have established lives and you had like these routines and these friend groups and these opinions and these jobs and these ideas that were already yours and then you had to blend them together. What are some of the the real challenges that you faced early on in your relationship when you were trying to bring those together? Because my guess is that you both have had to make some compromises and I'd love to hear about um, maybe a specific circumstance that the, where you had to, to go through that and, and what it was like. I can think of two that come to mind. Two works. <laughs> two. Uh, the first being the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I am yes. a big user of Google Calendar. Now, and before she goes further, <laughs> I do want to preface this with the fact that Casey brings to the table many skills that I lack. And vice versa. Which is great. And and I bring things to the table that Casey lacks, and, mm-hmm. and we've been able to grow together. But organizing my time through a calendar <laughs> was one of my weak <laughs> things because it was my my way of doing things was just like oh yeah that sounds great okay we'll do that and i i'd never really planned out to the type a personality extent well, my brain when when someone says that let's do that i'm like okay i pull out my phone and i look at when we can do it and i find mutual times at work and i put it on the calendar and i make sure it's going to happen and so for like the first seven months of our marriage that's all it was <coughs> was this night this night this night scheduled we're going to go see this friend this family member we're going to go to this event um until one day i said casey <laughs> We need to schedule in one day where nothing is scheduled. Wait, what do you mean? What does that look like? What are we doing? Nothing is <laughs> scheduled. Really hard. We just decided on the fly. And I'm pretty sure I probably woke up that morning and looked at him like, what do you want to do? <laughs> I was like, well, take it a moment in time. And it, it killed, like, it, that's a major compromise for both of us. And I've, I've learned to be more 
um, <laughs> able to go on the fly, um, but I am a big, big planner. <laughs> and so Casey, Casey's learned to be a little bit more flexible, but I've also learned to be a lot more planned. And, and you know what? It's helped me accomplish more. And it's helped Casey... Go with the flow. Yeah, be more adventurous with things. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was first seven months, I think. Was, yeah. About that, yeah. That's a pretty good estimate. Yeah. What oh, was the other thing? The other thing... I have no idea where she's going to go with this. <laughs> the other thing was Sunday school. That's true. Out yes. of all of the things to get in a fight about, our first argument was about how we were to teach Sunday school. Well, you guys co-teach together, right? Yeah, and and I'd say when, when Casey says argument, I said, yeah, there's probably we'd had disagreements before, but this one got a little heated. Which is so funny to me because it's Sunday school. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? And and I think the thing is, is that we come from a background where my my professional life is teaching. That is what I do. And Casey also has quite a bit of experience in teaching, and the work that she does also involves training and mentoring um, with what she does with sales enablement. And so we both had two very different approaches to the way that we would work with these uh, Sunday school students who had been delegated unto us. Yay, Verily. <laughs> well, and I found myself, too, early on in our marriage... <clears throat> interpreting the endowment different I don't want to say interpreting but seeing the endowment through a different set of lenses I had never noticed a lot of different things about the dynamic between Adam and Eve that I began to notice once we were married and I almost kind of felt like and I'm still working through this but felt like I kind of had this uh, hurdle to overcome of how I felt or how I thought the church felt and depicted women. And especially when it came to imparting knowledge to guiding a group of people. And I, I let that seep into this relationship and our ability to teach together thinking, and, and Josh called me out on this and this was very, very fair of him to say like, more or less, Casey, you just want to hear your own voice. You really like talking, and I do. And I think already, so far in this podcast, I've spoken more than Josh has. Um, and I that that is something I've really struggled with. And that I, that feeling, that hurdle to overcome was the center of, of our struggles. You know, it's been a while since we've actually revisited that experience and I think on the other side of things what we needed to find a balance between is the ability to have the confidence in what we know and understand to follow the spirit and let the lesson go where it may versus following a set lesson plan and I think that kind of goes back to finding that flexibility as well as having that plan because the way that I was raised and part of the way that influences the way that I teach is the ability to take an idea, let's sit on this for a little bit, let's explore it, let's go a little bit deeper, let's follow where this leads because maybe this is going to be 
what is more valuable for us right now as opposed to hitting A, B, C, D, amen. But at the same time, there is a lot of value to having a good, solid structure that moves from point A to point B, doesn't lose anybody along the way, things of that sort. But there does need to be a balance between the two because sometimes the Lord wants us to go forth not knowing beforehand whatsoever I should do. Mm -hmm. And there are other times where the Lord takes us by the hand, appears in a cloud and guides us every step along the way or provides us with a liahona that says you're going to go south for 200 miles and then turn left at the Sinclair. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And there's value on both sides. And being able to find that balance, I think, was also... Uh, something that helped us find that compromise. So how did you resolve that conflict? That was the only time in our marriage that either of us raised our voices. And we both reached for the dog leash <laughs> to take Huck That's for true. a walk. We only had one dog at the time. <laughs> Lord love him. His, we have two dogs now. Their names are Huck and Finn. Boy and girl. Because I'm an English teacher. <laughs> and... Anyway, I, I just I needed to cool off and I, I needed to go walk. And I did around. too. And I think one of us went to the room to grab our shoes. The other went somewhere else. And we met at the dog leash and just like <laughs> looked at each other and <laughs> did whatever. With we did. Huck in the middle, looking at both of us. <laughs> I think. Mom, Dad. I think Josh did get outside, and I waited for a little bit. And I was about to go, and then he came back in and, like, immediately came and embraced me. And that was it. And we both figured we were blown it out of proportion. Mm. And in conversation since, we've we've worked through that topic more, which has, I think, been the ultimate form of resolving that. But I think that the big thing was I could have been very stubborn and just kept walking. And when I stopped to turn around, the thought was, what's more important? My ego or this relationship that we're trying to nurture? I'm sure that Casey's hurting. I'm hurting. If we come back at this with love, then things will be okay. And we ended up taking the walk together after that I think that is a really important lesson that I don't know if a lot of people expect going into marriage that all good relationships have conflict mm-hmm. me and Nate were talking about this this morning that conflict is almost necessary for growth and so if you have zero conflict in your marriage it's easy to just stay comfortable and not go anywhere but it's how you learn to handle those conflicts. And so the only way to learn how to handle conflicts really is to have those conflicts. And so I like that you guys were able to work through that so that next time the topic comes up and next time you have these things, you have more skills and tools to handle those conflicts. Well, and to know that in the end of the conflict, in the end, you put each other above each other and if you're both doing that i feel like that's what it really means to be equally yoked mm-hmm. that and i mean there's that triangle that i've seen since i was a teenager and young woman right where you've got at the top god and either spouse at the bottom corner <clears throat> and it wasn't 
apparent to me the concept I'm about to explain until I was an adult that as each person, each spouse moves closer to God up that triangle, the closer they get to get to each other as well. Um, and that I think has been really key too, is that striving to not just become closer to God and building that relationship with he and I, but with Josh and I doing that together. I like that. I haven't thought about that either. I've seen that triangle before, right? but that's a really cool concept. Yeah. So we have been friends with you guys now for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And... When's um, our friend anniversary? I'm not sure. Facebook might tell us. Happy friend anniversary, guys. <laughs> I know that one of the Today. one of the first things we did, we went on, we went together to the full moon ride down in Sundance. I was just thinking about that too. So that's coming up this weekend. Today's a full moon. It is a full moon. So I think it was, it's been about a year. That was the first Aww. time Ange and I were graced with the musical workings <laughs> of, of Kirby the Frog. Hi ho. <laughs> they surprisingly harmonize very well together on the fly. Stargazing. I don't think we're gonna do this right now. Because <laughs> I love it so much. It okay, go for it. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, you can do it. We'll link to we're it. Moving right along. Anyways, moving one thing. Right along. <laughs> Loose and fancy free. <laughs> Anyways. Saskatchewan. One thing that I've loved about our friendship with you guys is that um, we always have these awesome conversations with each other. We do FHEs. To, we, neither of us have kids yet, so we get together on Mondays and do these FH, FHEs and have really awesome, deep conversations. With good food. With good food. And one thing that we love about you guys is this project that you have, the the Conscious Living Project. And I love how it relates to this podcast. One thing we hope to do in this podcast is help people understand that a celestial marriage doesn't just happen by accident. It's something that you have to create, and it's something... Consciously. Right. Exactly. It's something you have to consciously create. It's not something you can just do passively. 24-7. So I was hoping you guys could explain a little bit what your conscious living project is and then how that relates to building a celestial marriage. Well, let me start off by saying that the conscious living 24-7 idea was actually Casey's idea. And I believe that she <laughs> wanted to start this thing off and had this idea and just we kind of talked about it together and she was getting ready to launch it when I decided I wanted to jump <laughs> on board, which I think has really, really added to it. And it's nice for us. I mean, we were talking before about how we have our own different interests and hobbies and we are bringing this life together and it's okay for you to have different interests and hobbies, but it is also an important thing to have things that you do together. And so we've spent a little bit of time getting involved in different hobbies that belonged to the other person's life because Casey loves to road bike and I'm slowly growing as a road biker. Um, emphasis on the slowly but man (laughs) shut up legs they're gonna keep going and on the other hand I'm someone who loves to read and I love making sure that I've got a very quality library of books that I can lend out to people and books I'm gonna read again and Casey has begun reading more books every year but this was something new that we weren't adapting to our lives this was something that 
we could create together. And I was like, this is a really cool idea. And, and I'm interested in these things too. Let's just do it together. So we decided to just start up an Instagram account. And the reason why we started it is because we wanted to find more ways that we could be more conscious about the way that we live, the way we impact the environment, the way that we relate with other people, and in all aspects of our lives to be a little bit more aware of how we're acting and intentional mm-hmm. with the choices that we make. And some of that involves green living and some of that involves uh, encompassing the physical aspect of your life, the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect. You got to take all those things together. But there were some things where we just didn't know where to start. And you get on and you try to find inspiration. And it's these people who have been who living there. out They've of a van. Made it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. They've got a jar with four years worth of trash in it. And <laughs> the thing is, is that, you know, how we move step by step, little bit by little bit. And there was nothing that got you from point where everybody else lives to this other point where we envisioned ourselves being. And so we thought, well, why don't we just start documenting some of the small changes that we're making that will end up having a culmination of changes down the road to give people a path to follow. So explain to me what, what it is that you're working towards. Like, like, is there a specific outcome that you have in mind or is it just like a, like, yeah. As of now, and I like this because we haven't defined it super well, so I like that we're able to be flexible. That's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> and and let it take it take us wherever it needs to go. Um, it started off, I will say, most definitely more towards the green living, zero waste spectrum of things. And I'm still not sure to what extent I want to be zero waste. I know I want to be a good steward of of what God has given me. And I I take that to mean to be aware of what's happening before I enter the picture, when I'm a part of the picture, and after I'm a part of the picture. Um, because there's so much that we don't think about. And... Um, That was where it started, and then we realized that it could take on so much more. And I think that Casey just used a really good word there, steward. And at the core of what we're really trying to do with it, I think that that's Mm -hmm. where it really ends up. If we want to define it, we want to define it as being good stewards. And helping others be armed with the tools and knowledge they need to be good stewards in their lives. But it's nothing that's being foisted upon people. And we're just offering this as a resource for people to use. Inspiration even. As sometimes. inspiration or just for what we have found support. we can do to become better stewards. Mm-hmm. And that means that we are stewards of the earth. We are stewards of our bodies. We are stewards of our families of and our of each time. other. And I think that that's a, a really big thing is like how do we consciously find the gratitude that drives us to take care of the things that we've been given. Do not allow ourselves to be sucked into convenience. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's so huge. One of my favorite, most recent books, I'm really, really bad with favorites. Usually my favorite thing is whatever I read last or ate last (laughs) or listened to last. 
but this one has stuck with me for a couple months, so we'll, we'll put it in the list of favorites. Was this book by Gretchen Rubin called The Happiness Project? It's a good book. I really liked it and um, thought it provided a lot of insight into how we can actively be happy. Um, and there's the concept of the different kinds of relaxation. And I, I forget the academic terms, but there's, I, I title it the Netflix relaxation and the playing the guitar relaxation, whatever it might be, right? Netflix is a, there's a lower barrier to entry. Um, it's Think an, of convenience. Yeah. Right. It's an easier decision to make. Um, at the end of the day, you want to kick your feet up. You want to relax. Um, but relaxation is so much more enjoyable. Um, the practice, the guitar way than it is that, um, Netflix way. Now there's nothing inherently wrong with Netflix. Let's just say that. Cause we I don't want them Netflix. to cut off our Netflix account. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the thing is, is that how many of you who may be listening to this have Netflix as your go-to think about the last seven nights. And if you had a free moment, oh how did you relax? Well, the world cups on. So, <laughs> Okay, it's well, I'm just let's kidding. think about your life. There's always something. There's always an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you think about that barrier to entry. Okay, what about moderation in all things? Where does that fit? Mm-hmm. How much do you take the time to maybe do something else? And is that I, It would be just as wrong for you to play the guitar every night. Right. We need to have that variety. Um, but... So, so what comes into that is, okay, now how am I being a steward of my time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much of it am I giving to all of these different things? And if you consider that and, and the conscious living 24-7 really core attitude is, I'm just going to take a second. Is this really what I want to do? Okay, and sometimes watching Netflix is is what I really want to do, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But I made that choice. I didn't just slip into it like an old slipper, you know, (laughs) an old comfy pair of pants. And I'm consciously making those choices. And what I find is that when I'm making those choices consciously, I am more grateful for whatever activity that I engaged in. I'm more grateful for uh, my wife. I'm more grateful for our home. I'm more grateful for the fact that we've reduced our trash down from having a full trash bin for two people. One of those big black trash bins for two people, full, been reduced to, we we maybe have half a A, can every two weeks. A third of a can every two weeks, yeah. Because we've just made a conscious choice to move in this different direction because we feel more responsible for what's happening. Well, and part of that too is as you're looking to be a better steward, you'll come across instances where you'll transition, there'll be a bit of friction. You are changing from one convenient way to what I believe is actually just another convenient way oh man think like of our food waste food waste and our compost can i say yeah. the biggest transition for us was paper towels yeah oh my gosh i was addicted to paper towels is that so silly to say i was addicted to them that would say anything happens you got to dry your hands you got to wipe something up you got to blow your nose you got to 
one time I ran out of toilet paper and what did I go grab, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> when we made the transition over to terry cloth towels, they're just, they're just cotton towels. Yeah, just they're cotton. just little simple cotton towels. I was almost hesitant to use them because I'd be getting them dirty. <laughs> and you're not supposed to get cloth dirty. But if that cloth is meant to get dirty, then it's okay. But making that transition was a little awkward because of what I was so used to doing. Well, and to my point, too, like, I don't think it's any less convenient now than it was before. It's just different. I toss them in the washer. It's not like it takes any more time. It takes any more effort. They're just as accessible. Yeah. Um, And so things like that, like, as we move from one convenient thing to a better convenient thing, as we're aware of the impact our actions are having on things you can think of that in terms of a conversation too five years ago it was convenient for me to approach a difficult conversation one way and it was that was the way i knew so what, what was that way oh um depended either it was run and hide because i hated being confrontational <laughs> or it was be really emotional and do stuff like fine i give up or whatever the and guilt trip. yeah mm-hmm. And that was, that was what I knew. So it was truly convenient to me. Whereas now as I've learned more about relationships, read more about conversation techniques and, and relationships. And been married to me. <laughs> been married to Josh. He's been very kind to let me know how I can improve in very loving ways. Um, I have learned how to approach those conversations differently and done it enough times that that better way that truly is better is just as convenient. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept. So what I hear you saying is that it takes this little bit of friction mm. initially, but once you get past that, it just becomes normal. Like, yeah. like the other way was normal. Exactly. For example, there's this city in Japan mm. that was one of the filthiest cities, the highest waste so producing really quick, city in Japan. Josh is a lover of YouTube, and he finds all of the fabulous things that YouTube has to offer. And he found this organization, this YouTube channel called Vox. And they do these vignettes, these short videos of very informational things that we love. And this was one of those. And what the government decided to do is said, okay, that's it. You are recycling everything. Everything. There were like almost 30 plus categories that they had to memorize and separate their trash into and maybe like 12 just for cardboard Mm -hmm. different types of cardboard and what they said was yeah it was really hard at the beginning and people complained and they grumbled and, and were unhappy with it but the end result of doing that over a period of time has turned it into one of the cleanest cities in japan i think it's even zero waste a it whole is, city is zero that waste. is zero waste it's and fascinating it's just the thing that we do now and i guess you could say that's true with pretty much anything you do in your life you, you want to get started on that new gym regimen it is a series of consistent actions over a period of time and when you first start it it's a little rough isn't it mm-hmm. it's to me the word that comes to mind is the word capacity your, as your capacity expands, mm, yes. then all of a sudden what was a challenge yesterday becomes normal today. Mm-hmm. And the things that might have been impossible last year are suddenly like routine this year. You know, I've seen, um, I wish this was me, but I have, I have a friend who did like a 20-minute plank the other day. 
And wow, I was like, what the heck, man? How are you doing a 20-minute plank? And he's like, well, it's five minutes one day, and then it was five minutes and 30 seconds the next day. And I just every day you have to do a plank, and eventually you get up to 20 minutes, and it becomes this mental thing where you can just push through the pain. But, like, you have to train yourself, you know? And um, But it's not impossible. It's just are you willing to push, like you were saying, push through the discomfort and get yourself to the point where you have the capacity to do that? And I... I if we can flip it a little bit and come back to the, the marriage conversation, I feel like, um, we, and we, we talk, I think we talk about this almost every episode, but I love the concept of eternal progression. It's a constant expansion of your capacity. What you may not be capable of today, you can be capable of tomorrow. If you continue to push your, to, to, to push yourself to grow. And um, I, I just want to commend you guys because, one, just tackling a project like this shows the type of people that you are, which is why we love hanging out with you. Um, and one of the things I love about what you're doing is that you're championing, championing each other's dreams. And I think a lot of people who are listening could benefit from that, from looking at, like, what does my partner want and how can I be the number one champion of what they want and, and get invested and do something together. And then, two, you're doing something on a daily basis that's, stretching your capacity and pushing you to grow and improve in ways that some people don't even consider. And, um, I think that that is what's required if we want to have truly eternally progressing marriages and relationships. And it's the easy thing is to stagnate and flip into the Netflix mode Mm -hmm. in every aspect of our lives, in the spiritual aspect, in the relational aspect to, you know, just even just this week, Ange and I sat down with each other and, um, like we had, it's amazing how you can have conversations that you've never had, even though you've been with somebody for a long time, you know, um, because things are constantly changing and we shifted the dynamic of our relationship through one conversation by asking each other questions that we hadn't asked each other in a really long time. And, um, yeah, so I just, this is me clapping (laughs) for you. And one thing, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you bring up a really interesting thing because I mean, we live in a world that is subject to entropy things naturally just tend to go and dissolve into chaotic ways. Mm -hmm. And it is only if we consistently look to keep those, that dissolution in check, that daily we're looking to do those small things, that we really are able to continue towards that 20-minute plank, right? It's that daily progression that makes us more capable. And I really like the idea uh, what you said about how we tramp champion each other's dreams. And I was I was watching a Jimmy Fallon interview Terry Crews. So he's that good. love Terry Crews. That big guy who showed and most people might know him from the those old spice commercials or Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Nine Nine He <laughs> he is just amazing. He's so high energy. He's just a high octane guy in the best way possible. Not in an annoying, obnoxious way, but in a joyful, genuine, genuine way. And the interview seemed to just go a little bit off track because this response that Jimmy Fallon got from him was just so it, it was so genuine and so present in the moment where he asked Terry Crews, he said, where do you get your energy from? I mean, you're just off the chain. Like, this is awesome. Where does it come from? And he, he just one word. sat back. said gratitude. Gratitude. But he says, the more that I'm grateful, the more energy I get. 
there there's he said I, I can't pass a single day now without being grateful because it just makes me so tired you there's so much around us to be grateful for and being able to do this together um helps me be more grateful for her and for her to be grateful for me i hope yes well and i think one of the principles that we've really attached to too that has helped us with that eternal progression um concept was found in a book that josh's father gifted to us called the most important year of your life thank you and where they talk about what um is called the yes spiral so have you guys ever heard of that concept no. before i'm curious it's it's pretty basic and nearly self-explanatory but the concept is just that when given an opportunity a request a statement a emotion no matter what that might be you you take it up and you you might not literally say the word yes but you're metaphorically saying yes and bring and helping that person come up providing positivity and approval yes and the anecdote that was shared in the book was about uh, a husband coming home after work and the wife i think was a little short and so then that made him short and then he went upstairs to the office instead of doing x y and z or whatever and then he asked if she would be willing to go to the store and then she's like no remember whatever right and you just see that go down and down and down like with each progressing interaction whereas with each new interaction you have the opportunity to instead take that up and to to insert that positivity to respond with that gratitude Mm -hmm. consciously and i think that helps you give the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. to the other person and, and I think that's an important part to letting any relationship really thrive, especially in an eternal sense. That's a phrase that entered our relationship very early on. And I even think of Brene Brown who says that we should always default or we, we should try to default to thinking that people are doing the best they can with the tools that they have. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about your project is... Like you said earlier, you are starting from the beginning and documenting what it's like to start at, at square one. Baby steps to the elevator. Right. Baby steps into the elevator. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. I think it's awesome, though, because like you said, a lot of times we see people when they've already arrived, and it's hard to get the motivation up to just start. Mm-hmm. For those listening, um, what are some things they can do to just start being more conscious in their marriages? Um, I think one of the very first things we started doing that before it was we even thought about doing green things or zero waste things or meditative things was to make sure that as much as possible we leave any kind of electronic device outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. We plug it in, in the no kitchen. There is no TV in our bedroom. We plug our cell phones in in the, in the kitchen. And when we are in our bedroom, our den of family, <laughs> it's just us. No distractions. And 
I mean, the whole argument of blue light aside, you know, blue light keeps you awake during the night and doesn't let you fall asleep. It's the fact that there is nothing else that is distracting us from being with each other and having those conversations and falling asleep together and making sure we have but that But what space. if my alarm clock... We literally, because there was this talk by Simon Sinek, and that was the one thing that he brought up. We went and bought a digital alarm clock. You just bought an alarm clock? Like, they're five bucks, right? Mm-hmm. We, we now have a But what home. if there's an emergency? I Quit know, your right? whining. <laughs> right? 50 years ago, <laughs> things, that wasn't Things thing. will work out. Yeah. Things but what am out. I supposed to do in the morning in bed when I wake up? <laughs> Get out of bed and start practicing your 20-minute plank. You bring up a good point because I think that that's what the response is a lot of times. Well, what yeah. about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? You know, if, uh, frankly, for myself, I turn my phone off at, at night when it's when it's time for me to be checking out. The world existed for thousands of years before people millions of years before people could get in touch with you via cell phone. And if there is an emergency, I mean, Casey does leave her cell phone on, but it is in the kitchen. Yeah. And if somebody needs to get a hold of us, we can get out of bed and, and go and get it. It doesn't need to be right next to the bed. Well, what about that alarm clock? Go out and buy one that doesn't have to be a distraction. I mean, at this point, we have the wonders of the Google Home. Mm-hmm. And so that has become our new alarm clock. But again, that's something that you can't really interact with in the same way as an iPad or a cell phone or a laptop or something of that sort. And that was just, a, and it's a very small decision that I think has reaped big dividends in the investment that we're making with our relationship. Mm-hmm. Because now we have a space that is free from distraction to just be with each other and not have something planned on the calendar. (laughs) (laughs) But but I mean, I think some of the most fruitful things that we've had come out of our relationship has come from that time that we've been able to just spend together with that free of distraction. Mm -hmm. And we, we slip on it every now and again, you know, but it has become the exception as opposed to Mm -hmm. the norm. I think it's a fantastic place to start. Mm -hmm. I love you guys. Oh, shucks. So, if if one were to be listening to this podcast and want to get involved with this Conscious Living 24-7 project, where would they go? Well, we've got the account on Instagram, which is Conscious Living 247. It will be linked on the mormonmarriages.com website under episode, I think this is nine. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear from you. And if you've got questions, don't be afraid of asking a question on one of our uh, posts. We're we're very willing to be active. But we would like to also see what you choose to do because that could inspire us to do something. Yeah, we've got hashtags Conscious Living 247 and Conscious Living Crew. Or no, sorry, Conscious Crew. So if you decide to follow us, you'll be part of the hashtag Conscious Crew. So crew, much conscious. And use it in your posts you know let us see what you're doing in response to or what you're suggesting i've had several friends already because i'll share those posts on my facebook page as well who will tag me in videos that they see or who will ask a question um one friend recently asked oh i had a post about shampoo and conditioner bars and how they they help with plastic waste right and she said well what about the tins those are just waste too and so I talked to her about it and how different it is from the plastic and so on and so forth. But I engaged in a conversation with her. And that's what I want if more than anything is to be able to 
share the time we're taking to research because it's something that we're really passionate about and I get that not everybody is and not everybody wants to spend that time but what we want to do is be able to boil that down and give it to you in a bite size that if you're interested in any way shape or form that you can take that and instantly start to incorporate into your lives we we link products we like I think those shampoo and conditioner bars are our most recent link but we linked the a little compost bin that we put on the counter, the paper towels, um, the, the mesh wax. bags, the beeswax, the beeswax wrap. wrap yeah. um, we try to make it as easy as possible for anybody following us to choose to, if they so desire. Consciously choose. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. To take what we're giving them and incorporate it into their lives. Yay, verily, follow the brothers on Instagram. <laughs> Conscious Living 247. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming to our home thanks and for having us. sharing your story with us we love you guys we love you too i love the way you ended that we love you too <laughs> guess what guess who else we love we love all of you we love the people who are listening right now yes uh before we leave can i talk about what happened this weekend absolutely please do so one of my it's such a great experience we got to we you and i hosted a date night mm-hmm. uh, we did it here in salt lake city at jordan high school we had about 500 people show up and it was an amazing event. It was just a powerful evening. People were connected. They, uh, I just, I saw people like hugging and kissing and crying, happy tears, and it was just a really powerful and awesome experience. And we got to meet a few listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, there were listeners of this podcast who showed up, and um, it was such a great experience that I came out of it thinking, how can I take this to more people? How can we take this to more people? Mm -hmm. So if you're listening right now and you don't live in the Salt Lake city area and you do want a date night in your area, I would just love to hear from you. Why don't you shoot me an email, Nate at first seven years.com. And that's the number seven, not the word seven, first letter or first number seven years.com. Uh, and just let me know what you think. Um, about having a date night in your area. Do you want us to come out? Uh, do you have a way to help us, um, maybe like a, a venue or something? Or even if you're just interested, I would just like to know because that was a fun experience. And we love meeting those who listen and have enjoyed listening to our podcast. We really do. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to close out with? So I do want to mention Josh Brothers, who we just heard from oh, in this podcast, man. had an incredible TEDx talk this weekend as well. We just had a congratulations weekend. to him. <laughs> it was phenomenal. He, like we said in the podcast, he is a high school teacher and he is an inspirational teacher. And we will share that TEDx talk with you as soon as it becomes available because you, it's one of those things that you will want to spend 12 minutes watching. Right. So the video should drop in October. So a little around a month from now, but we'll definitely link to it. We'll definitely advertise it. So you have a way to find it so that you can hear more from Josh and compassionate teaching. You can also follow them. Like they said on Instagram at, at conscious living three, four, seven, two, four, seven, 24, seven. <laughs> you got it, honey. At conscious living two, four, seven. And also don't forget to follow us on. Please it. don't edit that out. Oh, fine. I'll leave it in because we're real, right? Right. So also follow us on Instagram at Mormon Marriages. Brand new account. Brand new account. There you can comment and give us some more of your feedback. And talk to us. Yep. Give us a rating on Instagram. Subscribe to the... You mean on iTunes? On iTunes. (laughs) You're on one tonight. I love (laughs) it. I love you. (laughs) 
Um, give us a rating on iTunes and a comment. We really appreciate those who've rated and reviewed the podcast so far. Absolutely. We love hearing Every from single you. one of you. Yep. Even so. that one guy. <laughs> you know who you are. We love you too. We love you even though you gave us one star. <laughs> we'll actually, I think we should actually do a podcast about that. About Maybe what? our next podcast episode will be about that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.